Clocks on the stove. Clocks on the stove. Clocks on the stove. Hey man, I don't know what they said. Clock on the stove, but they better take their ass home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Clocks on the stove. Got two very important people for very important podcasts. The usual, myself, Mr. Zasquatz. We also got the one and only Caleb Carnes and Mr. Stuart Ford. We got a lot of things to talk about. We got the five Power Five games, conference championships, Heisman, even if it's not even a competition anymore, and some new coaching changes in college football. So let's start us off. We got Friday night. 8 p.m. on Fox, the rematch between number 12 Utah and number four USC for the Pac-12 championship. USC coming in at a minus three, over under set at 67. Real rewind for everyone that doesn't remember, they played on October 15th where Utah won 43-42 at Utah on a game-winning two-point conversion. And on top of that, that was when they had those like blackout unis representing the two players and their team that died. So, uh, yeah, whoever wants to take us off, and what do they think is going to happen on Friday night between USC and Utah? Does USC find a way to get into the playoffs? I mean, as of now, it looks like that's what it's setting up to be. I mean, Caleb Williams has played extremely well over the last couple of games, and obviously you brought up the Heisman uh, race and kind of how that's solidified. Um, you know, I feel like it's just me hating if I said that they weren't going to get in because, I mean, it literally took a two-point conversion by Utah to win last time and other than that USC's played pretty solidly outside of that Oregon State game I believe um this time around I do think they get it done I'm not sure exactly what the spread is this game oh minus three USC yeah um I feel like it's almost too easy to take USC minus three there so I don't know I feel like for some reason Utah will keep it close again uh they're a very respectable team um, I feel like the last time I watched them play was that UF game and they failed me. So I've always written off since. Um, but yeah, definitely going to definitely feels like it's going to be a high scoring game again. Um, Williams is hot. Utes are probably going to have to avoid making it a shootout, but that's like trying to avoid it. So let's ride. I think so too. There's no way that. I don't see that Utah is going to beat them twice this year. I think that they're too good and too talented. And then, like, they're going to be – they want to make the the playoff and, like, they're going to be turned up and ready to go. So, I think USC will win, sneak into the playoffs maybe. But I think that it'll be a close game. But I think USC minus three will cover two. I mean, <laughs> I came here last time out of principle and I was talking about, like, betting-wise. This is just betting-wise, like – the public numbers and I can't, I can't like everyone's on USC here. Everyone, they looked so good against Notre Dame, Caleb Williams. I've loved USC all year. And I said from game one, when Utah played Florida, they're frauds. That being said, last time these two teams played, I did take Utah. I hated taking Utah, but it ended up working out. Um, Caleb Williams, Heisman, like odds are ridiculous. <clears throat> it's basically over. It's his. It's basically his. It's his. Yeah. I mean, basically you, you, USC's a shoe in for the, for the CFP at this point, if they win this game, that being said, I think we watch the WWE every, every weekend. Um, so I'm going to give you a sneak peek for my big 12 game too. If USC lost and TCU lost, would that mean that we have two usual candidates in the CFP and Bama in Ohio state? Do they sneak in both of them? And then we have the two teams that put asses in seats. Is that what you got it? No, 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 you don't put, all right. 
we're getting into this quick. All right. You don't, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, is that what's going to make me lose. take Utah? Right, yeah. First of all, first of all, I hate USC. I hate Lincoln Riley. I hate USC. I hate how they just bought their team. I hate everything about them. Yeah, but, but I, I think they're going to win. Yeah, no, they're good as they're good as hell. I think they're going to win. And I think the reason it helped Utah last time, it was at Utah. And even Chris Patter, or Peterson said like, when he used to be the coach of Washington, he's like, at Utah is a hard place to win. You know, they, they, they're rowdy. It being a neutral side game is definitely going to help uh, USC. Going back to your point, so I'm taking USC minus three as much as I, I, I want them. I'd rather them lose. If, you, if USC loses, they're gone. They're not in the playoffs. Two losses, yeah. they're done. If TCU loses, you're going to put an Ohio State team that got mopped at home in over a team that lost in the conference championship. That makes no sense. You, who's you better? Who do you think, nothing you makes should, sense with these people. You should reward TCU for making the conference championship. Okay, I who agree do you with think that. is better, though? It doesn't come down to who's better, Caleb. It's I'm, just, I'm asking a question. What have you, you done with better? what I'm you've been asking. I'm no, no, no. In your perfect world, it is not in their world. Who wants to sell? Who sells more, TCU or Ohio State? That's I what agree. it comes down to. I'm if sorry. Tennessee just didn't fucking shit the bed. It'd be them, bro. But they're oh. fuck Tennessee. Anyways, I'm... I got to get my picks. Anyways, so I mean, I think I think USC wins. They just have to win. But I'm saying that's just a theory that I'm throwing. All right, out. wait. Let's Zach. I want to see what Zach was about to say. Zach was about to say something. Here's the thing: a Kansas State loss versus a Michigan loss is two entirely different losses. I agree, but dude, they got mopped at home and not in the championship game. TCU won the regular season; they're undefeated. Oh, I'm I'm well aware, but TCU is also one of those teams where like they didn't want them in to begin with. They just kind of did their thing all year, and we're kind of like, look, the reason why we went to a 14 playoff is because teams like UCF who went undefeated. We're like, all right, we kind of have to give them their respects. So we have to let teams like this in. College playoff doesn't respect them; they don't like them. They are waiting begging for them to have one tiny little slip up just so they could be like, Oh, whoop, you fucked up. Sorry. Like better luck next year. Like that's just, that's exactly what. And I do agree that Ohio state would bring in more money and views, but TCU is a Texas school, bro. They got a big support. And it's not like Cincinnati. They're they're, not the same as Ohio state. They're not even close. I agree, bro. But if we're, if we're going by morals and stuff, TCU technically is the right school. But I mean, like I've said, this is, I think they would take Ohio State just out of what what we've seen out of them. In, in my the- in my personal opinion, like if I was the committee, Georgia, Michigan, and TCU are in no matter what. They're locked in. In my, I opinion. don't think TCU should be. I think that they're in the same fucking shoes as you, Caleb. They're undefeated regular season. In the okay, so you think if we lose to Purdue, then we're out? Are we going to make it? I think you should. Yes. Okay, <laughs> but like, who's our best win? Who's their? Who's TCU's best win? Going in the and beating Ohio State well. by twenty, bro, is nuts. I no agree, and I think you should. I think Georgia and and Michigan should be locked in. I think they're locked in for sure. I don't think TCU is in. Yeah, I, I don't think, think TCU partially is. because of their schedule and partially because of their brand. Like I'd say, eighty percent of their schedule and what they've done, they've looked good, but it's still Big Twelve. Yeah, but and also like Oklahoma's like, had a down year. Like teams schedule. have had a down year, and then they're not. Schedules they're not are not made three to four years in advance. Sonny Dykes came in, and with what they had at the table, with the cards they were given, he's done great. Or rank wins. Uh, yeah. All right. You know what? Fuck you, Stu. We're moving on to the next game. Big I didn't even get my picks. <laughs> Who do you got in the USC game? Um, I'm gonna take Utah plus three, and then I'm Damn. gonna take the So let me just put those down for me. All right. All right. For the Big Twelve <laughs> championship games, and Stu was so eager to jump in and get it started with that. <laughs> number thirteen, Kansas State versus number three, TCU. 
TCU coming in at a minus 2.5, over under set at 62. It's going to be our college game day, which is so weird because going into yeah. this, who would have thought this was the college game day, the Big 12 championship? Um, noon on ABC Saturday. The last time they played, October 22nd, number eight TCU beat the uh, number 17 Kansas State 38 to 28 at TCU. Uh, I'll start us off with this one. I don't see in any way whatsoever Kansas State wins other than TCU beating themselves. I think Kansas State this whole season has been extremely overrated, and they've taken advantage of the Big 12 sucking, and it's making them look better rather than them actually being as good as they are. All they do is run. They don't throw the ball. Their quarterback runs. Their other quarterback runs. They have two running backs. Like They just run the ball, and I think TCU is going to shut it down. I think TCU's offensive production is extremely underrated. They put 24 on Iowa State in 12 minutes. Yeah, Iowa State's not great, but 24 points in 12 minutes, that's fucking good, dude. That's good football. I think Sonny Dykes is locked for Coach of the Year. I think we all agree on this. How do you not give him Coach of the Year? His first year there, he takes him 12-0 and in the regular season. And on top of that, he lost half of his fucking team when he came because they all transferred out. His best player, Zach Evans, dipped on him with the Ole Miss for the lame train. Sorry, too soon, Stu. Um, anyways... <laughs> I think TCU's a lock. I think the only thing that would fuck them is if they – it is in Arlington, <laughs> Texas, so it is basically a home game, by the way. Um, and the other thing is, is if they get in their own head. They're a way better team than Kansas State. Kansas State hasn't done shit for me to prove – to believe that they deserve to be ranked higher than Florida State. I think that's ridiculous. But I think – and it is college football. Like Stu said, this is the WWE fucking E. I can see TCU shit in the bed and, and doing it, but I think TCU – let's see over under 16. I'm not going to touch. I'm going to take TCU two and a half. I think it's going to be a close game, not because how good Kansas is, but because how oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, TCU is going to be. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. If you're that much of a better team, you wouldn't have gone into halftime trailing twenty-eight to seventeen. Have to roar back offense. Um. I'm kind of in that position where I feel like Kansas State just has to. I don't know. This time around, you have to step on defense. That's. I know it's hard to say considering we are talking about. The Big 12 and defense isn't necessarily prime example of what defines their conference. But, you know, here are some things. Kansas State is the number two team in the country in the turnover margin. I think that's the number one thing they have to get um, Max Dugan to do in this one. And that's mm-hmm. for, uh, at least a turnover to if they want a chance to win this game. Um, you know, they're an extremely hot team uh, out the gate, you know, with their running attack. I think Martinez and Vaughn are exceptional players in that regard. I think they have a chance to get out ahead early. And if that's the case, you just have to slow TCU down as much as possible. TCU, I think, is the number one scoring defense in the country, which is why they're so good. We say in years past, what makes Big 12 teams great is when they are able to play defense sufficiently. You know, we've seen Oklahoma year teams in years past that are just able to put it together because they have competent defenses. You know, Kansas State and TCU are both competent defenses. It's all about whether they can just show up on the biggest of stages which is going to prove a point. Um, you know, I do agree with you. I don't think they've played up in regards to Kansas State. I don't think they've played up to their standard um, this year. You know, they've underperformed in a ton of games and gotten upset by opponents that, you know, I think they should have handled pretty easily. But in terms of TCU, you know, I, I just got a weird feeling, man. It, mm. it, it feels like something's going to allow Ohio State to get back at this playoffs. And it's either going to be a USC or TCU loss. And I don't see USC losing to Utah twice. So some bullshit's got to occur. And my bullshit, unfortunately, is going to fall on the Horn Frogs. We better um, get some awful refs in this game. You already know. Oh, beyond. We're going we're gonna to see some 
API calls. We're going to see some roughing the passers that you have no idea where the hell they came up with that shit. I just know something's going to go down. The fix is in and it's in for Kansas state. I mean, I didn't even know until I wasn't even looking at the notes really. Um, And now I see it right here until you said it, Grayson college game days here. They're literally priming you for this. You know what they're going to be talking about the whole time. If TCU loses, are they going to be in the playoff? Is Ohio State going to get back in? It's all they're going to be saying all morning. Kansas State's going to come out there and rock them. By the points to three, 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 three. Kansas I don't State think plus gonna, three. I'm just being uh, dramatic. But I seriously, like, my theory is lining up perfectly right now. Uh, I hate taking my theory, but, you know, as an Auburn fan, I'm putting <clears throat> Bama in with Ohio State. I don't like either of those teams. I hate Ohio State, and I'm, I have no reason to. Um, we all hate Ohio State. This, except yeah, they, you have some to reason likes Ohio State. Um, yeah, so I have again the dog in this game, Kansas State by that by the points to three. And uh let's see if my theory works. If it doesn't hand up, I'm a moron, but I, I have this itch right now. I think that like my gut just says that TCU is gonna win, they're the better team and they're gonna handle it. But then like I always go back and that's me being a square, and then I go back and I'm like, okay, yeah, Stu and Zach are right, like. There's no way that this is just going to work out perfectly and, like, USC is going to get in, TCU is going to get in. Like, something's got to shake. And Kansas State is the team to do it that they're going to upset. They stay, They do this every year. They beat some – they beat people. Like, they – They always they beat, always like, Oklahoma or Texas. Yeah, yeah they, do, they do it every year. So, I'll take the plus three, two or two and a half, whatever it is, and let Kansas State rock. Even though my gut just bees like wants to be like, you know, TCU is going to blow these motherfuckers out by, like, 14. But I, I guess we'll just say Kansas State. I do have to say – the reason why I want Kansas State to win so badly is because when we did our uh, breakdown in the beginning of the year, who we thought was going to win um, their conference championships outright, I did say Kansas yeah, State. Yeah, I did say Kansas State. That's but, right. Uh, <laughs> you're right. I will forever hold that. Anyway, I, I need Kansas Right. I forgot about that. I need Kansas State to pull this off. I think – um, I feel like it's pretty obvious, but I'm going to state it. I feel like this game goes two ways. TCU comes in, they put 20 up, 20 up in the first quarter, and they just take it away. Or Kansas State keeps it low and boring as fuck. They yeah. cannot score touchdown for touchdown with TCU. They just can't. That's not how their offense is built. There's nothing wrong with that, but you need to know your strengths and your weaknesses. And I think they obviously do. Like, they're good. They're in the freaking Big 12 championship. Also, another note. Last year, we're we're in a really weird situation. Last year, this TCU Kansas State game we're having was Oklahoma State Baylor, where all Oklahoma State had to do was win, and they were in the, in the college football playoff. That was a great. And they game. got stuffed at the one. So, does history repeat itself? <laughs> because it was the same scenario, same scenario. Oklahoma State beat Baylor last year in the regular season, and then all they had to do was win, and Cincinnati would never touch the playoffs. And they lost on that last play. I kind of want to change my answer. I'm going to go TCU just because fuck Ohio State. They're not getting in. Their season's fucking over. They're done. They got uh, Caleb's stopped. just scared to play them again. Fuck no. If we play them in the in the natty, okay, come here, boy. Talk about money, though. Work, work yeah. number two. Yeah, exactly. Their season's done. TCU. I do have it. to say, I, I've been, I've been like, basically a conspiracy theorist here on this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you gotta give I gotta give respect to to TCU. What a great year! What a turnaround! <laughs> and obviously, 
I think I'm the only one here. I, everyone said something negative about USC, but they've taken them. I actually like USC, and I'm the only one not taking them. I think they're I think they're lit. I think their defense looked really good against Notre Dame too, honestly. And I love Caleb. I when I first saw Caleb Williams, I said before the season he's going to be the Heisman. But that's the reason I'm about to say yeah, is not because, huh? We have receipts uh, for that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the nails we haven't mentioned the nails. Oh, that's right. Yeah. ND yeah. on his nails. Oh, I didn't know that. Nails, which I think is sus, but he literally put fuck ND with like a smiley face on his nails. And he was holding a football. It was so, it was a cool picture. But I think Stu's crushing on Caleb Williams. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I am. Maybe he's crushing a little bit. Maybe I am. Yeah. Um, no, I, he's a dog, though. I mean, I, I don't like Lincoln Riley because I think what he did at Oklahoma was some coward pussy shit. And um, I would say that to his face if he was sitting in front of me. I think he's a phenomenal coach. Like what, like what Luke Fickle did, right? <sighs> so different though. It's okay. so different. Okay. You can. It's we'll address different. that later. We'll address. Yeah, that we later. can. We can. We can talk about how they're different later. But anyways, I think I think what he did was some pussy shit. Um. Uh, and obviously, I understand why he did it. I mean, they're giving the man not one but two mansions, twenty four hours whenever you want a jet. You you wake up at five a.m. You're like, you know what? I want to just fly to Hawaii and get my jet guy, you know? So you I don't be an idiot don't, to not do the deal. Yeah, exactly. But um, I've never disliked Caleb Williams. I've always been a huge Caleb Williams fan. That kid's football IQ is nutty. Nutty. Speaking you of can Kansas make every State, throw too. Or no, Kansas. Remember last year they were losing to Kansas? And on the last – and on that fourth down play, the running back was getting tackled and he strips it from the running back to run the first down to win the game. That's a future New York Giant saying it right now. That kid's that kid's a dog, dude. He's he's really good. He's really good, and I think I think the fact of the matter is that he's had so much talent around him that he kind of doesn't get talked about enough. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, dude, what's uh Jordan Ross or Aiden? No, who's his, who's his Addison? Uh, Addison Jordan Addison, dog. Like yeah, he's dog. he's very he's good too. Yeah, but anyways, moving on. SEC. I feel like we're all gonna have the same uh opinions on this we got number so. um, if if lsu beat texas a&m by the way by the way new is a track game i said i don't have any receipts but when we were at uh i think we were at world of beer in tallahassee i was with like my friend reed and jay and their families and stuff i was sitting there with uh with, with scott reed's dad and i was like one of two things is going to happen today either notre dame is going to beat usc or Texas A&M's beating LSU. Those two teams are not leaving both with a win. And I, I wanted it to be USC losing Notre Dame, but it was LSU. Oh, dude, I hate Jimbo so much, too. And that's just like, He's such a bitch. Don't that was the battle of my least favorite coaches. Yeah. yeah me too. I kind of like Brian Kelly. <laughs> number 11, LSU versus number one, Georgia. Minus 17 and a half favorite, Georgia. Talk about a oh, fucking Wow. Over under set at fifty one Saturday December third. Game <clears throat> on CBS. These two teams have not played. I'm gonna tell you this right now. If if LSU went out and beat Texas A&M the way they were going to, I would have taken LSU today. I would have picked LSU, but they're gonna get mopped. Um, minus seventeen and a half though. I don't know. I, I don't want to be the first person to give my opinion on this. Bro, <laughs> um, you know I am, I am taking that minus seventeen and a half. And the reason is, is um, for those of you that didn't know, Jaden Daniels was injured in that Texas A&M loss. He is in a walking boot and will be monitored throughout practice. I do think he will end up playing, but the problem is that Georgia defense is going to hit the shit out of him. And if he is not 100%, he will be knocked out of that game. And at that point, who knows? 
Here's the biggest factor, though, uh, in deciding whether or not this is going to get to minus 17 or not, and that is strictly will the LSU run defense hold up or not. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like Georgia is primarily kind of relied on sets of Bennett to get things done. Um, you know, he has made some huge strides um, in taking over this offense this year. They lost 15 players last year due to the draft. And a lot of questions came in with, oh, well, Setson going to be able to be a leader of this team, uh, be able to step up when it matters. The answer is yes. He has done it this year um, pretty consistently, too. And that's why I'm taking them. Another thing I'm going to say is, from a betting perspective, Georgia, I think, is 6-6 six and six attacking the spread this season, but they're 3-0 and oh in any spread under 20 points, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, <laughs> When people kind of give other teams some props against them, Georgia just flat out shows why they're a completely better team across the board. And I think that's what's going to happen here. Look, no knock to Brian Kelly and what he's done this year for the LSU Tigers. I think Jaden Daniels has led that team phenomenally. They've had huge wins over Alabama um, and other SEC schools. You know, they've done a great job. The problem is you are running into a legit juggernaut in in college football. Like that's plain and simple what it is. Um you know, what I'm probably going to see in this game is I'm just going to see a Bulldogs team that's going to shut them down extremely early. I mean, dude, this LSU team struggled against Arkansas, dude. Like, it's poor against Arkansas, and I just I just can't see them getting it done. Mm. I'm going to take Georgia minus 17 and a half. I am too. I feel like I feel like LSU either looks like they look like one of the top teams in the SEC or like they just look like so sloppy, like they'll be fumbling and like, they'll just look like straight shit. So like, and I don't think that since Daniels is in a boot, like they're just not going to have it, have enough like firepower to go up against Georgia. I think the 17 and a half will hit for Georgia too, but I think LSU will probably play sloppy and fuck Brian Kelly. They kind of are just, they've been ant to me all year and like, they've had some good games, but like, I think that they've been a little overrated too. Yeah. It's Georgia all the way. This is, I mean, I've hated LSU this whole since Brian Kelly's been signed. Then I've seen through them this whole time, this whole season, starting from game one <clears> at <throat> FSU uh, until last game had Texas A&M. I haven't been on LSU one game. I haven't been on against them every game either. But um, I just think they're frauds. I can't believe that they are the team that is in the SEC championship right now. I really don't like them. Um, I would say, and I didn't even know about the Jaden Daniels news that he was in a boot. So I would say if you're going to take Georgia, that news is probably baked into that line. So I think if you're going to take Georgia, take him now, because if by some weird reason he actually is out, that line is going to probably shift four more points. But if he's in, it's not going to move at all. So there's really no upside in you waiting. I would just get on it if you're like really like, oh my gosh, Georgia's going to crush him. Like if you really love it. Uh, that's really all I have to say. I um, I agree. I'm gonna take Georgia minus 17 and a half, but I do want to give Brian Kelly a shout out. I mean, he lost to Florida State in a nail biter opening season neutral site game in uh, New Orleans, and they already had boosters talking about firing him, getting a new person. Like the second he got hired to step foot to coach his first game, it's been nothing but fuck you to Brian Kelly from the LSU community, and he's done a spectacular job in his first season. Now I'm not saying he's gonna ever win a natty or win the sec or anything but bro what nine and three in their first year when they were what five and seven last year that's not bad dude that's really not bad he doesn't even have his own guys yet i do think Jalen daniels helped him a lot obviously but i i think lsu is going to be a contender from from here on out in the in the sec personally caleb's game 
Big Ten Championship, per unranked Purdue versus number two <clears throat> Michigan. Michigan coming in at minus sixteen and a half, over under set at fifty two. This game will be on Saturday, eight p.m. on Fox. These two teams have not faced yet. But before we dive into it, I'd like to spit out some statistics. Head coach <laughs> Jeff Brom for Purdue is three and zero versus top three ranked teams. Okay, there's one. And the other statistic I have is Purdue is known to play well against teams that have funny numbers in front of their names. As And on top of that, this game's in Indiana, so it will be a Purdue home game. It is going to be damn near a Purdue home game. But let's not forget when in the um, – what's it called? They beat – they've beat in, uh, in the last five years, they beat a number two Iowa, third-ranked Michigan State, and a number two Ohio State. And produced two and zero this year mm-hmm. against ranked teams. That's all I gotta say. I'm gonna, I mean, let Caleb, I'm gonna let Caleb start it off, but that's all I gotta say. So, like, all I'm thinking about is when I when you bring up Purdue, I'm just like thinking about uh Rondell Moore like going fucking nuts and like on Ohio State. I'm just yeah. thinking about those games where I'm like, dang, like how the fuck are or like their their white quarterback just like throwing dots. I'm like, bro, fuck this. But anyway, bro, I think this was like kind of like the same thing with Iowa last year. There was a it was like us like. People were like, oh, like, are they going to win? Like, Iowa has this and that. Like, I feel like that, like, we're so, like, locked in right now, bro. After we beat Ohio State, like, we're looking forward. We're about to play like we're playing in a in the playoff. Bro. Like, I think the first half we handled them nicely, and, like, it'll be over from there. Hopefully, Corum. I don't even want him to play, honestly. I want him to try to, like, sit and rest his knee and, like, our, our other guys be able to take care of business and then let him be ready for the playoff. But, like. I don't want to say we're looking for, but I think we handle business and like get it done. Honestly, I think Jim will have them good. Like last year when we stomped fucking Iowa, I think it'll be good. I uh, th- I have a unique insight because I'm Caleb's roommate. So last year, when Ohio State lost to Michigan, I was like gassed up. I was so gassed because I had nothing to root for. I'm an Auburn fan, and I'm like, and I bet a ton on Michigan too. So I'm like. I'm like, oh my gosh, Michigan's gonna roll next week. And Caleb's like pumping in the brakes. He's like, Iowa's defense is good. Iowa's tough. And I'm like, dude, they're gonna crush him. I just remember him being like, I'm yeah, we're to be gonna modest. win. Obviously, he's like, we're gonna win, but he was being like modest this year. He it's a completely different, it's like a 360. Like he's like, he's just confident that they're gonna get the job done, which is he was confident last year, but in a different way. Like he was just like, yo, pump the brakes. This year he's like, nah, we're good. Like, um, I don't know if that's a road win against Ohio State. But like I, that's just something to take note of. Now, those stats I think are kind of null because three and zero against top three teams. You said or top five, top three, top three. Um, either way, I don't think they're gonna win the game. The cover was looking good to me until I pulled up their schedule. They lost twenty four to three against Iowa. Bro, I I know I understand. They I should have lost. That why I should like them. Like why I should like them. But I don't think I can fade Michigan here. I just – I remember last game. I think this is kind of like a cakewalk for Michigan. Everyone knows they're going to get in. And if they lose, they still are going to get in. I think they're just going to kind of like impose their will, not like crush them, but just like win the game. And I think it's going to be a slow game on the ground. Under 52 is my play. Prime time, prime time unders. I can always go with those and not be afraid. Prime time unders. We're going under 52. Yeah, give me a – so I made all these jokes, like, poke poke at Caleb, but 
That Iowa team you guys played last year was actually a really good Iowa team. They had a top yeah, five they defense. They were the number one. Uh, they had the number one uh, turnovers. Uh, uh, they had number one secondary interceptions because Dane Belton was leading that that secondary. That was an actual really good Iowa team last year. With now, no offense per, per year. And no offense, but it doesn't matter. Their defense was scoring, <laughs> and that was the problem. This Purdue team is nothing like that. I mean, who would have thought Illinois was just shit the bed at the end of the season as hard as they did? Who would have thought Wisconsin was just going to have this Wisconsin-ass year? And then I don't know what it is with the ESPN loving P.J. Fleck in Minnesota, but they put him in like – they, they put him in – he wins two games. They put him at 15, and then he loses to like three in a row every year. I, I think he's so overrated. I think he's a super cool guy, and he's building okay. culture in Minnesota, but I think he's overrated as fuck. He's been building culture for like a decade. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Was like, Bro, since like for like five, six years now, and like, come yeah. on, I have one good one, one good year. Yeah, anyways um, – Purdue should have lost to fucking FAU this year, and I know because everyone at FAU was going nuts. They beat him 28 to 26. Um, this Purdue team sucks. They're really bad. With that being said, with that being said, I'm gonna take Purdue plus 16 and a half. I just don't think Michigan's gonna run it up on them. Now, if they do, fuck me, you know. Um, I'm also gonna take the under with you there on Stu. I think Mich- when Michigan played Ohio State, they knew they needed something big. They knew they couldn't just go one and one with them. When they're playing Purdue, they don't want big things to happen. That's how Purdue upsets. They want to keep it dumb and boring and just get the drive, yeah. make the plays you're supposed to make. There's no reason to do anything crazy. If we leave here with a 21 to 10 win, that's fine. We just got to make sure we get in the playoffs. And that's I what think I'm that's saying. That's how they're going to approach it, which is not a bad approach. No. I'm not shitting on that. But I do think that's why Michigan's not going to win by 17. That's what I was saying about, like, where Jim's just going to have them ready to go. Like, they know the mission at this point. Just win the fucking game. Like, we're yeah. better than them. Don't do anything fucking stupid. Like, you could see when we beat Ohio State, like, they're fucking headbutting our guys, bro. They're not – they're not – Ryan Day is not a leader of men, bro. They're oh, freaking soft. And then he tried to fight Shauna. We already know Shauna. Dude, fuck him, ass. dude. Oh, my Shana God. Shauna would have slept Ryan Day, Ryan Day bro. Oh, he's murder. a loser. He's a loser. Yeah. Last thing I'm going to say about this game, I would have much rather – I'm, like – Illinois would have scared me way more than Illinois, Purdue. Dude, Illinois, Illinois would have scared y'all me. In this, in this game would have been scary. Yeah, it would have been scary. scary. But fuck Purdue. That Illinois team is not bad. Repolino, no, they're dude, good, dude. Chase Brown's a dog. Dude, Johnny Newton is a fucking beast, dog. Dude, their defense is so good. Dude, Illinois is not bad. They're, they're no, they're good. They could be that. good in years to come, too. Like the, It looks like a culture thing there. Dude, Repolino had Wisconsin winning two Big Ten championships. Mm-hmm. Zach Watts. I'm just going to run some numbers by y'all, and I'm going to see if they hit home for anyone. Um, <laughs> last year, Michigan played, uh, I believe, in the championship. Iowa. Yeah. yeah. They played Purdue last – or no. Yeah, last time I played Purdue, 28-10 Wolverines. Look, here's where the money is going from a public's perspective, and this is where, like, it kind of seems like a little too – like, people are leaning too much to one side. 80% of the people are taking Michigan in the spread. 90% of the people are taking the money line. And 93% of the public is taking the over. Something isn't adding up. Something isn't adding up. I don't like it at all. Um, I think Michigan is going to win this game handily. However, they're going to win the first half handily. Once they hit the second half, being up 20 points or so, we're going to be seeing some second string guys that aren't going to give a shit. And they're just going to be looking forward to next week and hopefully playing in the college football playoff. With that being said, Purdue still doesn't have a quarterback. He's back home with his family. They, with his whole situation, um, 
Wait, Ocaro's not playing? No, he's a, he remains away from the team. QB coach Brian Brom says he's back home now visiting with family and processing all that. He'll come back when he's ready. It was amazing that what he did last week. I'm sure he'll be ready to go in this game. Um, oh, he'll play. He'll play. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to say. He did lose his older brother um, before the game last week, which is why. That he, might make you a little nervous, Caleb. Yeah, no. This he, I mean, he's playing for his boy, dude. He's playing for his brother. I hope I'm not like, hey, I'm sorry about that, but I just don't think. <laughs> dude, dude did be Illinois. He might, he may have one last thing to prove and have <laughs> a legendary college football story of all time. Um, but I think the legendary status ends at uh, covering the uh, my, minus 16. <laughs> yeah, he might, yeah, he'll backdoor cover us. Thank you. Be like, like, that. be like, brother, I, I did it. We covered. <laughs> Right, we are going to hell. Oh, uh, yeah, well, give me, give me Purdue uh, minus 16 and a half. Uh, Jesus, I'm taking the under too. I just, I don't know, 90% of the people think they're smart and taking that. Vegas knows something. We all know this shit's rigged for money. Hey, Caleb, you took mine, you took Michigan money line or Michigan. Uh, I'm gonna do, I'll do the spread, I'll do money line, and I like the under too. Um, I've never taken a pick and then felt so reinforced after it. This is great. And, like, and reinforced for the right reasons, not like, oh, I think they both are going to be, like, slow scoring. No, like, those are, like, actual facts that are going to back this up. Let's ride this under. We're going to have a great game of explosive, maybe even some upsets in the early windows, and then we're going to get to the prime time, and we're just going to be, like, our brains are just going to be, like, uh, this is the slowest, most boring game of all time, and we're cashing the fuck out. The worst was uh, in 2019 when Wisconsin went up 21 to three on Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, and I'm on my phone. I'm I'm so drunk after the FAU tailgate. And I'm like, "Fuck Ohio State, you guys suck!" And then my phone dies. Ohio State comes back and whoops our ass. And then I get it plugged in, and it's just message after message after message from every person I know that's an Ohio State fan. Like, "Fuck you, fuck you." Bro, I will literally not chirp against Ohio State until there's like one minute left, and I know we're gonna win. Like, I literally will shut the fuck up all. I'll shut the fuck up all day. I just drunk and excited. Like, yeah. Anyways, so scary. Before we go to the the the, probably the shittiest game, shittiest graphic. I think it was during the uh, Notre Dame USC game where they're like Heisman watches, and they snuck JJ McCarthy in there. Bro, (laughs) they're like, yeah, we all we all see what you're doing, bro. Like. You're, you couldn't put the Gorham graphics. You threw JJ. Uh, yeah, I'll, I will talk about that when we get into the Heisman. But yeah, Gorham easily, bro. Just because he missed like one one game and like I don't even that was bullshit. Dude, oh, also you... speaking on that real quick, sorry Zach. Yeah. You guys should have never let him touch the field. That was fucking retarded. Why? I think why? he want. I don't know. He wanted to try and go. He looked like shit, dude. And then his leg got hurt again. Like that made no sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, but like, you got it. We got it. We had to try something, dude. I guess. If any, if anything, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, I think that Ohio State ass whooping hurt Blake Quorum's Heisman hopes. If anything, the fact that your backup running back ran for like two hundred fucking yards, dude, he's fire, bro. He's he's a five. He was a five star coming in, like he's. Yeah, like I that, agree bro. with Zach. I agree with Zach. It showed that you guys didn't need Quorum to win, and Heisman we needed him. You need someone. We, we need- needed him one by twenty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need. I'm saying we need him going forward. <laughs> the other bro, bro, I bro the other I, guy. I think it was so dumb you guys even let him touch the field. Like he should have never, ever, ever. What you should have done is had him warm up and make it look like he's playing, and then not put him in the game. I think that's so I just, dumb. Like honestly, like I can't even. The only thing that I'll say about that is like, 
I don't know why they would put him in when he literally went for two plays. And like, how do you not like, and you saw the cuts he was making where he was like, fuck like that hurt. Like, oh, how do you not even, even find didn't that? Give him like a standard route. They gave him like one. We had to be shifty too. Like, well, I'm saying doing? like, I'm yeah, I know. Yeah. He tried to do a jump cut, but I was like, how do you not like know in warmups? Like, Oh shit. Like I'm not even going to be able to try that in a game. Like imagine yeah, like one of those 300 pound yeah. motherfuckers coming at you and you got a cut and you're like, Ugh my knee but like, like going in like you said there's probably 30 minutes before the game where he's doing cuts and he's hitting people like he should have been able to you're your heisman you're probably the hopeful heisman hopeful going into this game like you should have known your knee wasn't good yeah. now obviously he's probably bitching at harbaugh like i want to play i want to play but like i just i don't know dude what if that what if that that those two two plays he ran screwed him over that's why i don't want him to play this week bro let's just go out there's there no we'll point yeah that. there's no point in yeah. playing this week because we need him the next game so our most unexciting, uh, no one really gives a single shit about game, the ACC championship between number 24 UNC and number 10 Clemson. This game is always played in North Carolina. So we'll probably be, well, I mean, Clemson, South Carolina, probably pretty, pretty good uh, crowd. Clemson coming in at a minus seven and a half. O'Brien is set at 63 and a half, 8 p.m. on ABC. These teams have not played yet. But both of these teams got spanked by Notre Dame this year. Well, I just think that this game is so boring. I'm not even going to be tuned into it. AP, that's when Michigan's playing. Like, I don't think anybody gives a shit about this game because, like, every other game is going to have it. Like, everyone else, one of the teams is going to be in the playoffs. So, like, those are important. This is just like a – Oh, no, this game means fucking nothing. It no, means – yeah, it doesn't mean playing anything. To, you're like, playing for a New Year's Six Bowl. That's all you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And Clemson is not even a top-10 team to me at this. Like, they haven't been all year. I don't know where – the WWE, I guess, but like they haven't been good like all year. Like maybe they had a few good games, but like they look like shit like almost the whole season. Dude, but even so last like, year when they weren't great, they still had like their defense was still nasty. Yeah. This year it's like, what the fuck? No, like, yeah, like I don't know if Dabo, uh, I don't even, I don't know. They miss Brent Venables, that's for sure. But, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'll pick, I'll just take. I think UNC is kind of kind of poo kind of poo. So I'll just do I'm gonna do Clemson. I'll do Clemson minus seven and a half. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Ew, I fucking hate them. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is pretty obvious. Look, UNC has zero ranked wins this year and they're coming off back to back losses to freaking Georgia Tech and NC State, bro. Like I can't respect I can't respect you. I'm sorry. Uh as for Clemson, you know, unfortunate that they had to drop uh that game against South Carolina. Um I feel like they got exposed for what they were. Uh, they played some pretty close games this year that shouldn't have been close. Um, they do have some a couple ranked wins in there for at the time, but I just I don't know. I don't see Clemson screwing up back to back weeks. Not gonna happen. Give me Clemson uh, minus seven. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I'm taking. I'm just gonna keep it short. Like it has to be Clemson. I mean, like back to WWE. If they get in the New York Six Bowl, people care more just about the name than they care about UNC. Um, credit to South Carolina; they've gotten hot right at the end, so that was a good win for them. I think Clemson's Clemson should have never been. They were like number two at one point, right? Like if for nothing. South Carolina, they'd be they'd be like five right now. Yeah, they but like undeservingly, like it's just not there, like. What DJ had like 99 passing yards? It's, it's ridiculous. But Dabo, D- this is Dabo's situation. He loves it at the end of the day. He loves the attention. Yeah. I think Clemson's going to roll low key, but I, I don't love this game. Out of all the games, I hate this game the most betting wise and just not even going to tune in. So, yeah, Clemson 
I'd love to buy it to minus seven two if possible. Seven and a half. I uh, we were. I was at World of Beer, like I said, um, when they lost South Carolina, and we were in Tallahassee because I was at the UF game, and we all were cheering for Clemson because if Clemson would have won, and then Clemson goes to the playoffs, that meant Florida State would have been the ACC representative for the New Year's Six Bowl, and all that went straight down the fucking toilet. How do you go up 14-0 in the first five minutes of the game and then you start sucking? And like, I Dude, don't... they're losers. They're losers. I, I can't – that game was ridiculous. I think I it really shows how how impactful Venables was. I think it does. I yeah. think he did a lot more than just run the defense, and it, you're start, it's starting to show. DJU's gone. He's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't even be that mad if he came to Wisconsin, honestly. Kate <laughs> Klubik's oh, your guy. You're Kate a sicko. Dog, okay. Um, I'm gonna take Clemson minus seven and a half. But my thing is for you guys, what what do you think happened to Clemson? Like, what do you think? What do you think's going on there? Because obviously something bad. I don't know if Dabu lost the locker room. The recruiting's still good. They still have great <clears throat> recruiting. I don't understand what. I feel it is like that. I feel it's like it's a stuff. mixture of things. Like, like it's a hard fall off when you go from Deshaun Watson to uh trevor lawrence was that right there or was yeah. that whoever was in between but whatever like those are two Brian for like a little bit Kelly, yeah, but Kelly Brown wasn't even bad yeah whatever like but deshaun watson and trevor lawrence are like two of like some of the best college football like quarterbacks you know what i mean so like yeah, it's hard to like go from that to go to like some they thought dj was going to be the guy and he just wasn't and i think that it was hard for them to like really come back when you have such elite quarterback play and you have those dudes that can make every throw and like really like outright just win you the games and DJ couldn't do that. I think that that's a mixture of them going quick three and outs, defense getting tired, even though defense is really like fucking good. I just think it's a mixture of all that. I don't know about Dabo in the locker room. That could also be the case, but I think that the lack of quarterback play has hurt them really bad. I think that's a really good point by Caleb. Like, I think you kind of get comfortable because like we were literally in like the beginning of high school at the point when Deshaun was there. Like you get comfortable with, and Taj Boy was lit before that. Yeah, Taj Boy. Yeah. I love Taj Boy. Me too. He was fire. Good quarterbacks and fire wide receivers for yeah. a decade almost. Like, dude, yeah. you're going to just get used to it. And with DJ coming in as a five-star, like, top recruit, his build, like, he looks like a good quarterback. He just does. So with the, when the decision-making's not there and the confidence isn't there and he has that really good game, his first game ever, you kind of just want to ride him until it's until the wheels fall off and the wheels have fallen off at this point. Um. And not to mention losing Venables and Tony Elliott do not help at all. You lose both coordinators on both sides of the ball. And like, I want to say Venables was a key part of recruiting. Am I incorrect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is obviously he's the DC. Like, he, I mean, he's he's head of Oklahoma now. I think they're going to be good down the road. Right now, they have had a down year, obviously. But I like Venables. I would. I, like, I think Venables. Auburn, was, I would have. Oh my god. I think Venables was <laughs> the best person for Oklahoma. I think he was the best candidate for them. Yeah, you know, he's a good fit there for sure. Like, I, I think he is. Because if you get a defense in the Big 12, you win automatically. Well, that's the thing. And then the next two years, they're going to go to the SEC. So their mindset was like, we, we got a great offense. Let's just get someone that can get our defense ready for the SEC. And he's the Correct. guy. Yeah. It doesn't help him, though, that when he goes there, the entire fucking roster transfers. You know, it doesn't really help him. Mm-hmm. But I think, I, think, I think you're both right. I do think there's something sketchy going on with Dabu, though. I don't know if that Venables was, like, the guy that, like, lit the fire under their ass. I do think he played a bigger part than what we think because Dabu's always me, 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 me. Like, I want the attention. Um, and I also think that without Venables there, their defense hasn't been as scary. I remember, like, the, the two years they won the Natty or even the year that they lost to um to Ohio State with Trevor Lawrence, their defense was gross. Yeah. Like, you were – like, like quarterbacks were shaking to play their defense. Yeah, they always had, like – 
like some crazy middle linebacker and then like oh yeah two like crazy dude on the edge lockdown corners. Yeah. like that was like that's how yeah, when like, i think of the best clemson teams i think of like just dogs and it's like they don't have that this year they don't really have like like a threat their defense is still great but i think if their defense was to the caliber it was when they won the natty it would take a little bit of pressure off of dj and I, I think dj has the tools he has a good deep ball he can throw pinpoint passes it's that he doesn't you know it's the same thing with graham hurts at fucking wisconsin he has all the tools. He can make the throws. He can read the reads. He just doesn't. And I think it's just – I think DJ's in his own head. I think he's got to get out of Clemson, go to a smaller school and just fucking rake, and then get your confidence back up. Yeah, like a reset almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Zach, you got anything to say? Um, I mean, nah, man. I, I kind of tend to avoid the whole Clemson talk. I don't really know. I'm more interested in seeing this coaching carousel, honestly. I've yeah, so been. let's let's right before we do that, um, Heisman. Uh, <clears throat> I think you give it to Caleb Williams no matter what. I think even if he plays like shit versus you, ah, see that's the that's the only thing. We all agree that right now, if Caleb Williams wins the Pac-12, he gets the Heisman. Bro, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know what the stats are next to each other, but like I've watched a a lot of uh, Bryce Young this year, and he's fucking him, bro. Yeah, but wins matter too, bro. They do. I, know, I mean, they still would have. They won eleven games. Yeah, but Bryce Young didn't play in two games this year. He didn't. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying Caleb shouldn't get it. I'm just saying. No, I think Bryce Young's extremely underrated. I think I their too, offense bro. isn't as good as it used to be, and he makes up for it. Bro, he. I swear, I don't know what game it was. The refs really just let the fucking D line like abuse him. He was getting fucking hit. Where like other 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 players, I swear, getting targetings and late hits, bro. He's eating them bitches, getting up throwing another dot and just like still running that bitch like i mean i'm always an alabama hater but i do fuck with bryce young i think he's I'm not even an alabama hater bro i stand alabama like i love nick saban i love their players an alabama like, guy yeah like i mean i yeah my sister went there i went there for a year like i can i fuck with them michigan's still my number one like always but bama like i fuck with them i fuck with well, them well i mean i was a last year i last year bryce young got the heisman off of default, like there was just no other person yeah. that was win, which was super annoying for me. It was super annoying for me as an Auburn fan. Like he was the best player, but I didn't think he was like a Heisman in the other years. I agree. So that was annoying for me. This year, I don't think he deserves the Heisman, but he's won. Like I'll respect him, dude. He's played way better this year, just in my opinion. Like last year, here was my thing. He was just chucking it to J Mo yeah. and all these like lit wide receivers. This year, Matchy and fucking yeah. This year, the person who has the most touches on the field, like, is Gibbs. Like, even receptions. Like, he's had to, like, make plays himself. Um, And they're not checkdowns. Like, he, like, makes plays. Like, I've watched multiple Bama games this year. I, I, I can respect him at this point. I don't know if he's going to be good in the NFL. But, yeah, to answer your question, Caleb Williams is the Heisman. There's really no – it's kind of almost the same thing. At default right now, who's going to beat him in this week? Yeah. Who? Nobody. Even if he has a bad game, like – JJ McCarthy has to throw for like 500. There's for no way. No, JJ does not get it. If he does, he's not getting I'm it. Just say, I'm just saying they put him in the graphic like they might be cooking it Dude, for him. Yeah, because they have no one else to put. That annoyed me, bro. That, I think JJ's good. I don't think he's elite. And I think everyone's ever going to be a Heisman. What about the games he sucked dick this year? No, no one's talking no, about that. Trust me, I've it's watched them all. Remember the Ohio State game? Bro, Blake Corum should have been. Blake Corum, that fucking guy, bro. He's a dog, bro. He should have been up. They right, so should have put him in the graphic at least. Right, let's do a hypothetical. Okay. Uh, Caleb Caleb Williams gets hurt or sucks ass against Utah and they lose. Who okay. gets the Heisman? Caleb Williams. Still? 
I think he's minus he 3,300. The next yeah, person is Stroud. He's not going to be playing. Bro, but I understand that. But what if so gets Williams it? shits the bed and they lose to Utah and he has a bad game? When he played Oregon State, he played like shit. If Caleb Williams has five yards and three picks, he still gets the Heisman. Who's If you could tell me someone that else is going to get the Heisman, Corum's not playing, Stroud's not playing, what's going to happen? Bryce Young no, isn't playing. Yeah, no one that can – I agree, dude, but like that doesn't look good. That doesn't look that that makes it interesting. I still think I st- I think it makes it interesting. He's gonna be minus thousand odds instead of minus three thousand. Like it's, he's still gonna be the favorite by a wide margin. Yeah, I agree. Because only because no one is there to compete with him that week. What if he sucks and Max Dugan has the game of his life? Oh, <laughs> That's crazy. Max fucking Dugan, man. I, mean, I would have liked to see Dugan uh, get some more respect this year, obviously, you know, but I feel like primarily TCU's success has fallen on their head coach. You know, he just put Dugan in a really good uh, a really good position to succeed uh, throughout the year, and Dugan's come through a majority of the time. However, I think what defines a like a Heisman is when shit hits the fan and the coaches aren't really stepping up and your game plan isn't working. You just have a guy that like the other team just can't fucking stop. Like it's just he is that guy. And I feel like for USC all year it's been um, Caleb Williams. Like he just it seems like no matter what he can just pull something out of his ass. Um, similarly to uh, a smaller sample, but what we kind of saw with Travis this year, where he would just run around all fucking day, we'd be like, ah. All right, like you can win. We don't give a shit. Like you're our MVP. Like that's how it works. Um, you know, everyone has that guy. And for USC, Caleb Williams is that guy. Um, and I feel like he's won this award pretty handily at this point. Yeah. So now let's get dive into you know some of the more some of the more uh, interesting things that are happening right now. College football carousel of coaching is happening, and I believe. Friday opens up the transfer portal. So you're going to see a lot of, a lot of coaching changes are happening because the season just ended. And then a lot of player changes are going to happen on Friday because of the transfer portal opening. So obviously um, going through what's happened so far, um, start us off. Dabu Swiney at Clemson, Mark Stoops, Kentucky, Caitlin DeBoer at Washington and Lance Leipold at Kansas. They all signed. um, They all signed contract extensions. Lane Kiffin signing a contract extension to Ole Miss. I think it's, what, like $9 million a year or something like that for the next four years, something crazy. Um, I think Lane Kiffin's the most overrated head coach. I think he wins the games they're supposed to win, and he, does, he never wins the big ones. He has – I saw a statistic that said he has only beaten one team in his entire head coaching career in college that has finished in the top 25 AP poll, and it was Oregon when he was at USC. So – I think he's overrated. I think Stu should be happy they didn't get him. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but let's dive in. What, what do we think about Lane Kiffin staying at Ole Miss? Uh, I, I got completely cocked, but I have a lot of comments on it. I guess we'll let Caleb go first and you guys, because I have to charge my computer. I just feel like that it's like a standstill. Like how much, how good is Ole Miss really? Like what's their ceiling? You know what I mean? Like what's their, what's his ceiling at Ole Miss? Like how good Stay is he? Because actually? of his family, not because of like, the report was like his his kids and his family didn't want to leave Ole Miss at that point because the offer was better from Auburn. I know, but like I'm just saying, like how much talent a year to stay at Ole Miss, bro? That's pretty not bad. 
I'm saying he has a nice contract, but I'm saying like, do you ever see, do you see Ole Miss winning, <clears throat> winning the SEC or anything like that? Like that's and what I'm on, saying. And on like, top of that, bro, they like they have no football love. Like they don't sell out their games. They're no, like not at all. Like and they they are all they're a baseball school. That's what they are. There's nothing wrong with it, but. I think he's doing the best is what he can do there. I think he's got great recruiting. He'll still get good recruiting because they got a cool – dude, any school in the SEC has got a good Southern hospitality football vibe, you know? Yeah. At Auburn, even when they went, what, 5-7 and seven this year, they sold out every home game. Every home game was nuts. He doesn't get that at Ole Miss. Yeah, which is like – I feel like that that plays a fact. Like, I feel like that – like, after – how long was his uh, contract extension? I think four years, nine, nine million – Four years, whatever yeah. four times nine is fucking. Okay, like I just, you know? I could just see him like stop giving a fuck. Like that's kind of on his resume too. Like I feel like he just coaches like he coaches like his like moment, like with momentum almost. Like if they're winning, like he's really into it. But if they're losing, he'll just be like, man, fuck this shit. Like I don't even care type. No facts though. Yeah, I agree. Zach? Yeah. I mean, Lane Train kind of does what he wants. Um, he's always been like that. I mean, wouldn't really say anything else. I mean, outside of, you know, Joey Chuck's water or freshwater, I should say, falling around everywhere he goes. Um, he's probably track his spending habits. But yeah, I mean, good for Lane, man. I mean, he's finally sticking to a school. You know, I feel like he uses college. It, I feel like he uses head coaching jobs like girls. He just wants to pass off. He's like, oh, yeah, I love you, but like, I really want to fuck this other girl. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was like oh dude i'm not leaving he's like i love you guys and then he's secretly like oh 70 million dollars all right yeah i'm signing that shit he's i think i think this is just setting him up to he's gonna be the bama coach when saban retires that's my theory he's gonna be the bama coach when saban leaves and that's that's where he wants to go that's that and that contract sets it up perfectly when you think about saban's age four years Um, yeah and I think honestly, Saban heard that he was going to go to Auburn, blah 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 blah, and he was like, "Yo, let's just pump these reports up. Like your your contract's basically done, and then let's fuck Auburn since you're basically coaching option A." And I think they did that. I legitimately think they did that. They're still very close, and I think he's going to be the heir to the throne at Bama. Um, I thought Dabo was going to be the heir to the throne. No shot. And I, no shot that would happen ever, in my opinion. Um. Now, Lane and Auburn, I wanted Lane because I like Lane personally. I think he, I think he's hilarious. The Joey Freshwater, his attitude that Caleb was talking about, I think it would have been electric to see him versus Saban every single year. It's like Luke Skywalker and Yoda. Like, that's, that's like the guys, you know? Um, but I don't think he would, he would have fit in Auburn, Alabama. His, because of the same things I just mentioned. I think he's funny as fuck. I don't think the people in Auburn, Alabama, they need a politician. Yeah. They need someone who's going to shake hands, kiss babies, go on the Tuesday uh, radio show, have the su- like hard Southern accent. They need every. They need it all. They need the guy. They need a Gus Malzahn in a sweater vest picking his teeth when you're down 40 points against Bama. And then something to get mad at, but then something to rally behind right again the next week. It's, it's just what it is. I think – We'll talk about Hugh Freeze in a bit, but I don't think Lane was the fit, even though I wanted him. Well, yeah, diving into the next, we got Auburn hires Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze has a uh, particularly interesting background. You know, he great coach at Ole Miss. He beat Alabama back-to-back years. Um, great coach at Liberty. He's done a lot of great things there. Sketchy background, 
Um, do I think he's a bad person? No. I think he just got caught doing what everyone else does personally. Um, and I think he's a great coach. And I told that to Stu. And I said, Stu, I think you want Hugh Freeze. He's your politician. He's got that Southern Southern boy talk. He'll shake your hand. He'll make sweet tea with your ma. Like, he's got everything you need <laughs> in Auburn. I think he's going to do well there. I think him keeping Cadillac was huge. That's going to help with recruiting and keeping the culture at Auburn. Um, it just comes down to the end of the day. I don't think you should have ever fired Gus Malzahn. I'm sorry. I just really don't. I think it was so stupid to do that. Yep. I mean, I guess. I don't know. The way I kind of look at this, um, I mean, who hasn't incidentally butted out multiple prostitutes uh, on a Saturday? Um, you know, I give it to about week eight till we have our first time. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Um, I had a few freeze, but please don't. Uh, so stupid to do that. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, best of luck to him. Hopefully, he can rewrite his own story um, there at Ole Miss. I mean, I, if I'm being honest, the girls at Ole Miss, uh, actually, he might be in for a rougher time than we thought. God, Auburn. We're talking about Hugh Freeze. Sorry, yeah, Hugh Freeze. Sorry. I don't know how hot the girls are at Auburn, but um, let's pray to God he can avoid any issues. Um, <laughs> Board. Uh, he already has his issues in the past, so I guarantee he will be on a short leash uh, here, very short, or for the entire season, or his entire say. Who knows? I don't know when he'll start cutting him some slack, but I feel like for the first part of it, they are going to be on his ass, making sure that he gets into no trouble whatsoever, because if not, they're going to move on to the next guy extremely fast. Um, although, then again, with how head coaching has gone with Auburn in the past, they may be like, look, we're in a dire state right now. We need you to just do what you can and rebuild this program. And then if you fuck up at that point, then, hey, we'll see what we can do to save you. If not, go on your way. I feel like, Grayson, he was not even a great coach at Ole Miss. He was 19 and 18. Dude, he wasn't bad, though. I know he had some big wins, but, like, shit. But then at Liberty, he was like, that quarterback, dude. Huh? He had Bo Wallace at quarterback. You know how hard it is to win games with Bo Wallace? I'm pretty sure he was slinging that bitch. But Wallace sucked. Wait, who was the who was the dude? Chad something. Chad Kelly. Chad Kelly was the boy. Okay, that's Chad Kelly I'm just thinking. won a, uh, a Canadian Football League championship. Did he? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of tight, but I mean, I don't really know much about Hugh Freeze. I'm not, he was good at Liberty. He was very good at Liberty. He developed Malik Willis too. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess it's one of those ones that like you're not excited like. I feel like no Auburn fan is like seriously excited, but I feel like if stuff starts moving his way a little bit and like he like can do kind of coach how he wants, then like maybe that they'll end up like like liking him and like turning the page a little bit. Because I don't know from what Stu and I have talked about, like Auburn is very like controlling and like their board like wants to say and like that's like kind of why Harson's been out. Like they they don't they didn't really fuck with him and they didn't really give him a year like any time to develop anything. I think that that's what I like, think they were right on firing him though. I'm not saying they are right or wrong, but I'm saying like, you got to give, if you, if you hire somebody and believe in them, like he shouldn't have been hired if you're not going to give him four years. You know what I mean? Like you, like what, what was the point? Like you're, you just kind of wasted two years of the program. I just well, think that Harson's way different. You even fired Mozon. Harson exactly. was Harson. The P the powers that be at Auburn never wanted Harson. Alan green, the athletic director did it himself like because he had the the legal power he did it himself and the powers that be 
off rip hated it and that's why that whole thing came out with the allegations against that chick they were false but like i understand you should have given him four years if he had four years at auburn i probably would have to just take a step back and i would be miserable you were excited when they hired him at first though i know i actually was super mad for the first 15 minutes but it takes me 15 minutes to be uh i'm auburn's gonna win the national championship again for 15 (laughs) minutes to convince me that's just how i am so um that yeah i mean fuck that guy i literally hate brian arson um do you know quinchon jenkins uh at ole miss he's the leading rusher in the sec um he lives like 20 minutes or he's from 20 minutes from auburn said auburn's his dream school like loved it so much Leading rusher in the SEC, they didn't even offer him. <laughs> True freshman, they didn't even offer him under Brian Harson. I'm like, what are we doing here? But yeah, that's just a that's a spew on Brian Harson. I'm glad he's gone. So let's hear your thought on uh, on Hugh Freeze. We all give our okay. Uh, all right. Well, sorry about the lagging and the breakup. Of course, the one part of the whole episode that's like tailored for me is when it, it, that happens. But um, okay. My, like I said, this was my this was my uh, wish list. Number one, Deion Sanders. Number two, Lane Kiffin. Number three, Dan Lanning. Honorable mention, Hugh Freeze. Okay, I heard Caleb say it in the other room. Hugh Freeze is a hire that um he said most Auburn fans aren't excited about. Half of Auburn loves him. Half of Auburn hates him. That's mostly for the, the off the field issues, and then they're baking in like, oh, you went ten one at Liberty, like blah blah blah, like they're trying to discredit his on the field coaching. I think he's a great recruiter and he's a great coach with X's and O's and Jimmy's and Joe's. He's the politician. I think he's a dumbass. How do you get, okay. Everyone's doing what he was doing. How do you, how are you the guy that gets caught, bro? Yeah, like So that's one thing. I also don't, I mean, obviously like you're not a moral person if you do that, but he seems like a really nice guy, at least uh, when he's being a politician. So um, there's also a lot of false allegations out there. Like, just about extra stories like you know like when someone i don't know when someone's down bad people just come after you at all angles with weird stories about you so like a lot of these stories you're hearing are kind of like kind of fake but i definitely think he's a dumbass in his contract this is like a kyler murray thing he doesn't have control of his twitter anymore no way (laughs) he took his control away (laughs) that was literally in his contract so he automatically doesn't have twitter anymore here's one thing that i'm really concerned about bruce pearl had some NCAA uh, violations at Tennessee, completely cleared his name up, and now he's a coach at Auburn. Great guy. Like, he literally, everyone loves him. That's the basketball coach, right? Yes. And Auburn's like, I'm come up with basketball. I'm sure he's so pissed that Hugh Freeze is now here because the NCAA will be making weekly trips to Auburn, Alabama to check up on us. And one fuck up, and we're done. I, I So I'm very concerned about that. We got off really light last time with. Um, our violations of basketball. So that's just super annoying. Um, basically where I'm at right now is I feel like I'm treading water on this is a good hire. It's like, I could be happy. I could be, be very satisfied and happy with this. But if Deion Sanders goes to USF, <coughs> Colorado, or an inferior school, I'm going to lose my mind. Could you imagine Deion Sanders being- Deion's not leaving, bro. Okay, that's what I hope. USF, bro. Deion's That's what I'm leave. saying, dude. If you go to USF or Colorado, I I don't even think he got offered the job from Auburn. That's what I'm hearing. He I don't was, think Dion. I don't Auburn. think Dion's leaving until his kids graduate. And and you know what? Years. That's perfect timing for when Hugh Freeze is going to get fired if he sucks. Yeah. So oh, so if he sucks, I'm get. I want Dion. 
if he, I really hope he doesn't suck. I really hope this is a good hire. I, I have to ride with him. This was step one in hiring or re-signing Cadillac and putting him associate head coach. Like he's right there now. Um, he's back to with the running backs too. He's a great recruiter. What what Hugh needs to do now is go get some really good people around you. Um, Auburn, former Auburn players. We already have a ton that want that want jobs in the building. So get Auburn players in there, Auburn men, and then go get some great coordinators. Like I'm, I think Hugh has a shot here. I really do. But as of right now, what I'm seeing a lot is this is a statistically in what they've done in their careers. Minus, okay, this is a lateral move on the field from Gus Malzahn to Hugh Freeze. Maybe even a worse move. It's a uh, move down. Gus I'm Malzahn's a better coach than Hugh I'm saying just record-wise. Their records are very similar, like, just with that. Now, let's add all the baggage with Hugh Freeze. It's it's just annoying. Yeah, and then look at, at the point. SEC championships and the, and the going I'm, to the natty and stuff. Grayson, I'm with you. Grayson, I've lived this my whole life. You don't have to argue with me. Like, I understand. I this guy, both of them have beaten Bama a bunch. Gus Malzahn has the most wins against Bama. It's just, we should have never fired him. We should have given him the extra year. But I got to say, I mean, I was sick of the mediocrity too. It's just eight eight wins every year. It's just kind of annoying. It's the hardest so, schedule. Auburn plays the hardest schedule in college football every year. You're preaching to the choir. And I'm glad everyone else is hearing it. We do have the hardest schedule. But the every people year. that are behind the, behind the scenes and pulling the strings at Auburn's are the worst human beings of all time. I can't stand them. I can't stand them. We should have dropped off the fattest bag of money to Deion Sanders and dumped it on his table. That's what would have just changed my world. Would have changed my life. Um, so yeah, I guess if I had to rate this coaching hire, like I said, yeah, I was I just wanted to ask him what, what would you give what grade would you give Auburn hiring out? all things considered, like all things, like Dion not leaving, the fact that we fired Gus, Brian Harson saga. Just the context behind everything, his his off the field situations, how he recruits. Like I said, I got convinced with Harson really quickly. I'll give this right now an eight three. I'll give I it was, an eight three. I, I'm on board. I have to be on board. I have, and you've you've done it honestly. You've been a big proponent in convincing me. I've just looked into him more. Like I think he could work. I don't know if he's gonna work, but I think we have a shot here. It's one of those weird, it's a weird situation because he has the potential and he has like he could do it. Mm. But at the same time, it's like when you think of Auburn, you think of like one of the best programs in, in the country. Like it should be like well, it is like, dude, that's that's like the coach. Like, this was a dream for a coach, bro. We have like yeah, no, it's a final money, yeah, it's the a, fan it's a final base. Destination. It's it is a final destination. Like, and this is his last shot, and he's gonna be on the shortest leash of all time. Yeah. And I really don't think he's gonna fuck up, dude. He sounds like he sounds like a nice southern guy. So yeah. even though even though his his uh his past doesn't show that. So we'll see. But you know, I gotta be excited for right now. There's a new era. There's we finally have our coach. Cadillac's still there. Uh there's no recruits that are saying, like, fuck this, I'm leaving. Like when Harson was here, like no one's entered the portal immediately. Like I yeah. think people I think we're gonna be getting more recruits, not less. Um, I just think there's potential here. It may may not happen one year, may not happen in two. Let's build this thing out. I do think we're going to crush next year, though. We're going to beat Bama next year. I'm in. It's so, that all? The next is my my squadron, Wisconsin Badgers, hiring Luke Fickle. <laughs> so first, let's rewind. Beginning of the pop, beginning of the college football season, Zachary and I did a podcast on uh, coaches on the hot seat and who we think is going in the hot seat going into the season. And I stated, I don't think he'll get fired, but I think Paul Chris needs to do something this year. And then they fired him. 
I'm extremely thankful for what he's done at Wisconsin. And I'm extremely glad that he kept the culture and, and the winning going, but his time has come. And Jim Leonard, I like a lot. I think he's one of the best defensive masterminds in college football. And there, there's rumors of keeping him on the defense coordinator, let Luke Fickle run the offense. I love that. I love that. But I'm going to tell you, I was shitting bricks on who Wisconsin's going to hire. Because you look at Auburn, you're in the SEC, you've won natties. Like it, recently, you've done a lot of things. Wisconsin's been hit or miss these past 15 years. Yeah. Know? So it's like, I, what if we get another like average hire? Like I was nervous. Who is in the, who are they going between? Like, they, there was no, they said they weren't going to look at anything until the season was over. I didn't even okay. know of like anything crazy. I thought we were just going to hire Jim Leonard, which I wouldn't have been against, but like when I look at the University of Wisconsin, I see like Ohio State potential. You know, every other, it's, all the sports at Wisconsin are good. You know, <laughs> you might be, you might be a little crazy with that take. So when I heard, because remember last year, <laughs> what do you remember? Last year, Luke Fickle was talking about going to all these jobs because all these openings came. He denied it. I'm staying with Cincy. I'm staying with Cincy. I'm staying with Cincy. He's an Ohio State boy, played for Ohio State, raised in Ohio State, three-time undefeated high school state champ wrestler in the state of Ohio in high school. He's an Ohio boy, so everyone's like, he's just going to wait for Ryan Day to go. Or Cincinnati's going to the Big 12. He's going there. Never in my entire life did I think we were going to get Luke Fickle. Like, yeah, I, I was really thought, surprised. Never I was really surprised. And then I see the ESPN notification. Wisconsin Badgers narrowing in on Luke Fickle. I'm like, what? And then he did it, and I was like, Stu's going through an aneurysm the last eight weeks, freaking out about who they're going to get. And, and overnight, we get fucking Luke Fickle, dude. I was dude. so jealous. I was literally like, fuck you, Grayson. Like, Luke that's so – Overnight, dude. Guy won seven seven honors of Coach of the Year last year. Took Cincinnati to the fucking playoffs. I mean, dude, he's a dog. I think oh, it's a great fit, too. Dude, I think nah, it's me too. Fun. He's an Ohio – he's a Midwest kind of guy. Yeah, press conference. That's the vibe he brings, and I think he's like, you know what? Ohio State doesn't want me. Let's fucking beat them, and I love that. I love yeah. that. Everyone's like, well, we want a Wisconsin guy coaching. Look what Paul Chris did. He was a Wisconsin guy. He couldn't fucking beat Ohio State. This guy can beat Ohio State. This is the guy to do it. He's not recruiting. He's. I think he's the perfect fit. You let Leonard run the defense. You let him kick Mertz's ass out of our school. Bring in a transfer quarterback. Develop him. Keep Bo Allen. Get one wide receiver that's nasty. Wisconsin's back in the Big Ten, bro. Like, honestly, football's better when Wisconsin's good. Like, I love, like, when Michigan and Wisconsin play, like, it shouldn't be, like, both of them should always be good. You know what I mean? I think he really brings, like, another level to the Big Ten that's, like, really honestly, nice that, like, that, uh, that they'll start being really good again. And I think it's fun for football and, like, just good around for the Big Ten and everybody. So, it's a good hire. I was surprised, too. Blown. Mr. Watts? I mean, I don't have much to say. I thought it was a great hire to begin with. You know, Luke Pickle is an amazing man and coach. What I'm more interested in touching on, because I don't have a ton of time left, um, I want to see who fills in at Cincinnati with his absence. Um, now, I've got some names I kind of want to rattle off here. Um, I know they have interim head coach, uh, Kerry Coombs. Um, it wouldn't be a bad fit if they decided to re-sign him. Um, you know, he's already got some experience there. If they believe they can build a program around them, hey, go for it. But there's some other names that I would like to throw out there um, just to see how you guys feel about it. Number one, Jim, or, uh, Jamie Chadwell, head coach of Coastal Carolina. Look, over the past couple years, 31-5 and five over the last three seasons, I think it's time for him to take that next step up in competition. You know, it might be time to go to a little bit bigger presence, try to work your way into that Power 5 conference. Um, you know, he's done a great job. Uh, with the Chanticleers, 
you know, I think it's time to move on from Coastal. Another coach that I kind of want to throw out there, Alex Galesh, offensive coordinator from Tennessee. You know, for what he's done with this Tennessee offense, they've done phenomenal, phenomenal all year, especially this year. Um, <coughs> yeah, um, the only issue is, is he doesn't have any prior uh, head coaching experience. So I'd be, I'd be a little wary there um, to see if they want to lean more of that. Like, oh, you haven't had a head coaching job yet? Well, we'll give you a chance. One last name I want to because um, I really don't know. Tom Herman, former Texas coach. It's a step down in competition for him. You know, I feel like he just couldn't play up to that level, but he's a good coach. You know, he knows how to rally a team around him. The only problem is, is when you're in that competitive of a conference, you need to be able to outcoach other teams. And I just don't think he was quite there yet. You move him down a little bit to Cincy, I think he's going to be able to do some great things. Um, those are some uh, names. I like the yeah. Tom Herman one, but I think, too, the thing about going to Cincinnati is, like, Luke Fickle left you with a lot. Like, he left you with a great squad. He left you with good recruiting classes. They're about to go to the Big 12, so that's another thing that's going to bless them in two years. I think it's a, it's it's honestly, like you said, Zach, it's a, it's a good job for a guy that needs to jump up. If you don't want to go straight to Power 5, Cincinnati's good, dude. He showed you could win there. They have good culture there. I think he set it up pretty well for whoever's coming in behind him. Yeah. I saw another name that was uh, a few other ones. It was Michigan's D coordinator, uh, Jesse Minter. But, like, that's his first year there. But, like, they their defensive coordinator has been uh, flopped, like, in and out like crazy, I feel like, these past few years. And then also uh, Brian Hartline was is uh, Ohio State's receivers coach. And, like, even though you're just the receivers coach, like, those dudes speak for themselves of how well he's coached them. And like, they're going nuts in the league. And like, they have, they seem to have one or two studs every year that just produce like crazy. So like, I think that Zach's list is definitely better and like more well-known names, but like maybe who knows about, who knows what they're looking for. I think I know a guy who uh, needs a job. Who's that? Brian Hart. <laughs> 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 um, I just, I do Caleb did bring up a great point with uh, Jesse Mentor, the defensive coordinator for Michigan. Jesse's, fa- Jesse's father, Rick Mentor, was the Cincinnati's head coach from 1994 to 2003. So they have prior connections to Cincinnati if he wanted to follow in his father's footsteps. However, I just think some other coaching candidacies are a little bit more favorable. However, yeah. they want to stick some ties there in Cincy, go with them. Also, um, Cincy's offensive coordinator, I forget his name. I believe I get, oh, uh, Gino. I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but Coach Gino, OC there, has a great offense already, knows how to work that offense, doesn't have to change much. It's just whether or not he can bring in um, – I mean, honestly, their D coordinator doesn't even have to leave with Fickle leaving, so it'd just be bringing a new OC to work with you. He can still handle play calling. That's also a good job. Um, there's a lot of options there for Cincy. I don't think they're in a position quite like these other schools. You know, we talked about Ole Miss kind of being – or um, Auburn being in, like, that struggle bus position – um, there are a lot of other teams that are just not as fortunate. Since he's in a great place right now, they can move on from there. Another team, which I think has a great shot at moving on quite well, is Stanford from David Shaw. I talked about one of my hot seats at the beginning of the year being David Shaw. You know, he had been severely underperforming at Stanford, and it's it's about time he saw his way out because Stanford's cutting a lot of their athletic programs this year. And if you're going to do that, then that means you need to be fucking solid as shit in some of your other sports. And football's got to be one of them. You know, you've had your greats in the past, you know, what Davis Mills and um, Christian McCaffrey have done for you in years past. There's a ton of Andrew Luck, Ty Montgomery. Tons of names that you can rattle off there. They do not deserve to be a bad school. I have one guy in mind 
for this school that I think is going to help them greatly. And I think it's time for him to start to get into head coaching. Greg Roman, the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator. He had previously had ties to Stanford when um, Jim Harbaugh was at Stanford for a little bit. Shaw was under him for that short while. Dude, it's time to start leading programs. And going down to the college level from the pros is a perfect example of that. You know what a professional environment looks like? Bring that to Stanford. I promise you they will give you a ton of leeway. It's a massive market with NIL and everything. Who doesn't want to go to Stanford with their academics and everything? It's not going to be hard to recruit there. I promise you that. No, and, think, and and David Shaw, I mean, although he sucked recently, he showed there could be success there. They've won numerous Pac-12 championships. They won a Rose Bowl under him. Like, they showed that Stanford could be legit. And yeah. I think also, I, I don't know why this job might be talked about enough. You can recruit there. The academics there are amazing. And the Pac-12 sucks. So you only have to compete with Oregon and USC. I feel like that Stanford's also one of those schools where, like, football is better when they're good. Like, when they were good, like, they haven't been good in years, too. Years, bro. Years. Shaw is washed. He just couldn't he's, adjust to how football was changing, dude. He's washed as fuck, but dude. I used to think he was – With Harbaugh's players, too. Yeah. True. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, one last thing I'm going to add in here because I got to take off for class. Um, we talked about Willie Taggart leading FAU. I actually have to write a paper on who's the next head coach. Coach so Oh. I know. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Oh. I wish. I'm going to throw out some names, and then I'm going to say who I'm going to go there. We have Lane Kiffin's brother, Chris Kiffin, who is the Browns defensive line coach. Lane Kiffin kickstarted his head coaching career at FAU, following your brother's footsteps. I'm pretty sure they'd be open-armed welcoming you. Another guy, Charlie Wise, Ole Miss offensive coordinator. Why not consider it? One thing – FAU's been lacking is a really consistent offense. I think give a great chance to kind of take over that program. Some other names, I'm just going to rattle off real quickly without going into too much depth. Kendall Browse, Arkansas's, Arkansas's offensive coordinator. Andy Diaz, Andy Diaz, Penn State's uh, defensive coordinator, who kind of had a rough stint at Miami. But, you know, take a step down from the ACC, learn the ropes of being a head coach at FAU. Here's who I think is going to take the job, though. Kenny Trickett, West Virginia's offensive coordinator. You had previous ties. To FAU, you were you worked under Jimbo Fisher. Fire me up, Zach Watts. Worked under Jimbo Fisher. You worked under Bobby Bowden. You worked under Nick Saban. You have their credentials to do what it takes. And guess what? You used to coach at USF. Uh, by the way, this year at USF, with your fourth string quarterback and two third string wide receivers, you put up 500 yards and 42 points against a solid Tulsa defense. You were amazing. You know, Go he take also, he was the tight ends coach at FAU when we were there, too, for a little bit. Yes, exactly. He's had experience. Guess what? FAU and USF going to be conference mates. Why not? Go take over a head coaching job at a school that wouldn't allow you to and go whoop their fucking ass every year. Dude, it's go. also so easy to be successful at FAU. You're in South fucking Florida. Your school's a mile away from the beach. It is yeah. so easy to recruit and get talent there. It's all around you. Exactly. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that Taggart will leave behind at FAU. And here's the thing. Taggart's an amazing recruiter. It's just he kind of was a little lackluster on the, like, actual coaching football side of things, too. Take over the recruits there. I promise you, you can do some amazing things. And not to mention you're joining a conference that doesn't have a necessarily, like, conference defender. You know, with teams moving around, going into better conferences, you have a chance to kind of join there take over the conference, and hey, if you're not satisfied with that, I guarantee you if you prove you're successful as a head coach, other teams will take you in the years to come. So that's my pick for the head coaching job there. Obviously, I think they may be waiting to see if Chris uh, Kiffin is interested. Charlie Weiss is also a great 
um, opportunity there with the Ole Miss uh, OC. Huh. And Rouse and Manny Diaz are kind of just what about um what about real quick yeah we'll we'll wrap up with this but what about um the OC at Kansas State Lincoln Riley's brother Ooh. I would like I, that too that'd be cool I was reading some where did I see his name I don't remember his first name but he's Lincoln Riley's brother I, I don't know I I feel like Garrett Riley yeah yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to see where he's projected to land. Um, they were talking about him coming to Wisconsin for a little bit. Cowboy, I mean. What the hell? Yeah, no, nah, I, I yeah, mean, they uh, – It's all good. We can wrap up with that. Yeah, they did say um, that Riley could slip in to be Alabama's OC if Bill O'Brien pursues a head coaching job elsewhere. So he may. <laughs> May do He's ridiculous. Little... He sucks. Sucks. Yeah. yeah, he may do that, but I doubt it. Huh. Honestly, he just carries the name Lincoln with him, and that that has a lot of weight to it. So obviously, whatever, however shitty he does, teams are still gonna give him a chance. That's kind of how I see it. But yeah, boys, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for giving us some of your sure. time. We got a big weekend of sports, college football, obviously NFL and uh, UFC Orlando. So thank you guys for tuning in. And, uh, Thank you for having us. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Hell yeah.